0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host Jonathan and this is DCI number 96. Today Brian and I got to talk to Jonathan Ortega who is the game designer at Burrito Studios on a new game called Highlands. Highlands is a strategy game that was funded on Kickstarter last fall and released in April. Uh, We get to talking about the game and the the name for the studio. Just so you know, it doesn't actually have anything to do with burritos, the food. But uh, you'll get to hear about that later. Anyway, if you want to find out more information about the game, head on over to DarkStation.com. There you can find links in the show notes to this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com to see when other interviews are going live. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and send us an email at podcast at DarkStation Com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now on with the show. on the DarkCast tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Love having new people on the show. It's great. <laughs> so it keeps it just, things interesting. Uh, it does. It'd be really boring if we interviewed the same person over and over again. So, uh, <laughs> by introducing new people, we get to ask the same questions, but have different answers and it makes it interesting everyone. Uh, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well jonathan we're, we're here to talk about highlands uh which is a game that your studio burrito studio recently released a month or two ago but before we get into that let's talk a little bit about who you are and what you do at uh burrito studio so
1: all right so um well like uh like you said i'm jonathan so uh, i'm uh, i'm actually i'm the game designer uh, of the studio and I'm also uh, one of the co-founders uh, of the of the studio uh, so in total we were three uh, three people who started this whole thing mm-hmm. so uh, it was me uh, Jonathan game designer uh, there's also uh, Alexandre Borgia um, we come from the French part of Quebec so of Canada so there's Alexandre Borgia uh, who's a, a longtime friend as well uh, who's a programmer and he hopped in uh, for this great adventure and there's also uh, Maud D'Amboise uh, who hopped in with us as well and uh, her she's a visual uh, well she's an illustrator so uh, everything that has to do with uh, more like designs concept arts uh, that that was our primary role so uh, yeah so um, us three uh, we founded the the studio and uh, it's a new studio, so this is our first title. Actually, that we just released. Uh, it was released uh, in April, earlier this April, so not too long ago. Uh, and yeah, so um, we basically, um, the, yeah, so we basically started with just like a, a prototype, I guess, like an idea that we developed for ourselves. But things kind of like escalated really quickly, and uh, you know, like we ended up like doing pretty much like a, a big, well. A rather small project but for us it was big in the sense that we ended up like uh, having other people that we hired to do some of other some other stuff because you know like the project got bigger and, and stuff like that and so uh yeah it ended up in something you know like much bigger than what we initially thought so and there was a very pleasant surprise we all got like really excited with that
0: mm-hmm. awesome now you mentioned that you're a um uh, a game designer but i, I feel like that's Title can can mean a lot of different things. So, it can what be do you actually do? Yeah, uh, what uh, do you actually do on the game?
1: Yeah, uh, well, it's very broad because I I first started just as doing like game design, but then like building up the company from scratch and all that. I ended up doing like a lot of you know like PR stuff, like uh, meeting new people, like doing like paperwork and stuff like that, um, organization, hiring people, and all that. So like this all ended up being part of this all ended up being part of you know like our daily job us Mm co-founders uh so we had like a little bit of everything to do like just like building up like a company in a broad sense uh as far as the game design goes since we were a very small company i would say like anything that has to do with game design i did it you know like it just it was like everything like from the ground up like building a new game and as well it's 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 um there was more than meets the eye i guess because a lot of games for example are going to be based on a concept that already exists uh, us well we had some i mean obviously we had some mechanics that were from somewhere else uh, but the game itself is not like a copy of a game already made it's it was really like a game with a whole set of different uh, core mechanics and so a lot of it had to do with like creative thinking like just like building up Uh, this whole system which is very different than a traditional because it's a strategy game like a turn-based strategy game so a lot of it ended up being like a a completely different system than a traditional like 4x game that you would find like civilization for example or or uh, endless legend or or other games like that so there was this aspect but more than that I'd say like I could go more into details if you want later on like you know like my day-to-day game design job which I find really cool and it's a great experience but at the same time, since it was like our first project and it was more like a like a thing that we all did together, I kind of feel like I, I wasn't the only game designer. I mean officially I was the only game designer, but everybody took part in like building building this whole thing up. So um like even Maud and Alex like we all like we like all the core rules, we talked about them and even with the other guys that are helping us out, like we all talked about this like in more in a like in a, I don't, I don't know if I could say, like in a demo, democratic way, I guess. So um, in a sense, we were all game like game designers, if I could say.
0: Sure. Yeah, G- generally from, you know, just uh, talking to people with, especially with small indie studios, a lot of people wear a lot of hats. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, things kind of, you know, fluidly move from, from one person or, you know, department to, to another so that's, uh, that's really cool. How did you actually get in, uh, get into the, the games industry? Uh, is this your first game that you've been the, the designer on? Did you go to school for game design? How, how did all this kind of come about?
1: Yeah, so in my case, actually, uh, it was my first experience. It's my first game that I'm working on. So um, I, uh, I, I'm not part, you know, like a lot of people. Like uh, Alexan, for example, uh, he's a veteran of uh, Ubisoft, where he worked there as a team lead. For, like, like, a lot of years. Uh, me, on on the other hand, I started more, like, um, self-taught, if I could say. Uh, I guess I'm lucky in the sense that a lot of gamers are like, Yeah, you know, like, I'd be a super good game designer. And, like, if I would do this game, I would do it like this. And, oh, you know, like... and But you actually end up starting doing a game. And you, you figure out that, man, this is such a hard game. It's really not easy. Like it's it's easy to say like yeah we we'll would change this and that, but like just actually like doing it from the ground up like everything it's just so incredibly like hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, but that that's where I started like really like self taught. I'm I'm a like really like a die hard gamer like from so long that obviously it helped a lot. Uh, I taught myself like I just like started up picking up books like trying to learn uh a little bit of you know just a little like the foundations of like c-sharp programming uh i knew a little bit how to work with like photoshop and do a couple of like um stuff more in the visual aspect of things so dabbling in a little bit everything it, it, it it helped a lot to be able to like you said earlier like wear a lot of hats and in terms of like the direction it was easier because I wasn't just like just okay. I'm doing game designing and nothing else. You know, like I knew a little bit of everything, so I guess that kind of helped. But other than that, it's really like self taught. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very cool. Very cool. How, how did you get involved on the game? Were you just friends with um, uh, with the other co founders, or how did how did you guys decide to, to make your own studio to to make games?
1: Yeah. So uh, how it first started is um, actually well. I, I was thinking about this a lot, like, just as a hobby. Uh, you know, like, I started, the, you know, like, being a little bit, like, in the modding community, like, just studying, like, programs, like, for example, like, a StarCraft editor, just to make, like, a couple of maps by myself and learning the basics. And from there, I kind of had this idea uh, a little bit that was starting to build up. And, uh, and so it was really, really early. But I started talking about it uh, with Mod, who's actually she's my girlfriend so we started a company together but we were living together at, at the time well we still are <laughs> and so just you know like casually it was like yeah you know like she's looking out what are you doing and all that and i'm like well i'm doing this and that and and i started explaining to her like just a couple of you know like ideas and all that and she's like well it seems really cool you know like and she was uh she was studying at the time uh in 2d animation so she's like well an illustration so she's like well you know like Maybe I could just make a couple of sketches, like draw a couple of things and it would, you know, put your stuff like it would, you know, give it something like substantial, you know, like an image and I'm like, that'd be great. That would be absolutely awesome. So she starts doing this and then uh, we work on it a little bit, like just a little bit and then it builds up. And then my friend Alex, uh, we spoke to him about this. And we're like, ah, oh, look, you know, like, it's super interesting, this project. Just, like, tell us what you think, you know? And he looks a little bit at the idea, like, the game design documents. He looks at all the rules that I put together. It was really early, you know? But then a couple of sketches, and he's like, wow, well, man, that, that sounds amazing, you know? Like, maybe, like, I could actually just take a couple of, you know, like, a little time. Uh, and we could just do, like, we try to make, like, a little, kind of like a little game jam a little bit. Well, a long game jam and spend. spent, I think it was about a month. And he's like... I could help you out like build a really good you know like prototype uh, you know like on the programming end and uh, let's just see where it goes you know and I'm like wow super psyched like that's amazing that you you know you're just like willing to do this so uh, that's really how it started we're like okay let's do this so we spent like a whole month just doing like like really kind of like a jing game jam like really an early prototype and after that month we're like wow man the result was like it was not finished at all but it was amazing and we got we got to the point where we're like, okay, like we've got something which is really cool. Like, do we actually jump in, you know, like both feet and try to do this and push this as far as we can, or we just kind of take it, you know, as a hobby and do it like on the weekends and all that? And we decided to just like hop in, like
0: just go for it. That's really awesome. Thanks. <laughs> That's that is really really cool. Um, now you mentioned that yeah, you know, it started with the three of you. Uh, how many people do you actually have working on the game now? Okay, so now,
1: well, actually, it's a very interesting time because right now uh, we're just starting to branch on a our second project. Um, Post release, uh, we were less because the game was actually launched. So right now, uh, depending because we actually have an intern with us who's like a week on two, but he's working a lot. Like you know, like actually he's he's a game designer, so he's this time like I'm I'm not alone anymore. So this is really cool. But when he's he, when he's there, uh, I. Yeah, we're six. Six people in the company. Uh, Prior to that, uh, you know, like I'd say for the whole prod, more or less, like let's say half of the prod up to the release, uh, we were our core team, we were something like eight or nine. And we had, I'd say eight, about eight. And we had three or four people doing freelance from their homes. So like everything that has to do with music or sound, it was all people like friends that we had uh, that were doing more like a contract. They were sending us the stuff, um, but the core team in the office we were like depending we were like about eight or nine. Yeah.
0: Okay, very cool. Now, how long were you guys actually working on the the game up until release?
1: Yeah, I'd say about a year. Okay. Um, it would be a bit more than that if you're counting like the really early stuff where we just like pitched ideas and and started building like the prototype and just like like, the pre-prod phase of it, but after we really, you know, like, we decided, okay, let like, let's do it. I'd say the, a bit more than a year that it took us, yeah.
0: Okay. That's that's not so bad. That's, uh, yeah, it's done or was good. Really
1: cool. Yeah? All right, so important studio question.
2: Who do you, what do you like more? Actual burritos or the cat
1: that the studio okay. was named after? <laughs> well, I love burritos... I do, but the reason why there's a cat is because my cat is actually named Burrito. That's the so name. so it's of... your cat. It's my cat. Yes, that the why you see the cat there. It's because it's my cat. He's a big fat cat. He's called <laughs> Burritos, and uh, yeah, we all love him. So it started from there, kind of like a like a joke a little bit, but it's stuck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's does funny he ever because...
2: make you want to claim that it's the food?
1: Well. It's funny because a lot of people actually, like, they obviously they don't make the connection until I tell them. So they're like, oh, wow, yeah, Burrito Studio, that's such a funny name. Ah, it makes me want to eat a burrito right now. And, like, so <laughs> many people are like, you know what, because of you now, I want to eat a burrito. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Inspiring the love of Mexican food everywhere. You are a great Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and but the funny thing is, like, I'm half, like, Peruvian. So the people are like... there you go. Yeah, it's right there. And they're like, well, you must, you know, like in Peru, you must eat like a lot of of burritos. And I'm like,
0: actually, not that
1: much.
2: Leave me alone.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) I, I, I think that's actually Tex-Mex. I don't even think that's actually Mexican. Yeah, it's probably not. I'm sure they do Exactly. I'm like, it's
1: not even like I could tell you about the meals in my country. Burritos, more like Mexican. They're like... Okay, so you like them, right? I'm like, well yeah, but not that much and they so they're like. The, Immediately the turned off. What is this game you have now? Yeah, the the confused look on their face is super funny. <laughs> that
2: was my my first thought when I heard it was, man, that's that is a great name. They named themselves after a great food, that's fantastic. And then I was reading the Kickstarter page and I was like, Oh, it's the cat's name. <laughs> so I had to had to find a good way to work that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that i'm disappointed in your cat. But... well, you would give him a burrito, he would eat it. He's that totally. kind of cat. my yeah. cat's the same way. I <laughs> want to know what it would look like after they ate the burrito, but they I'm sure they would dig right in. <laughs> yeah,
1: probably.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's talk about highlands here. What what is highlands? All right, so highlands in a nutshell it's a
1: turn-based strategy game uh, but uh, with um, very different a very different visual signature if I could say uh, so it plays actually the the, the premise is that uh, you start as a royal family and there's a war and it's it's a floating island so you kind of see where, where the name comes from and so uh, you're a royal family noble family and there's a, a, a war that erupts from a mysterious invader and you have to find out why this whole thing started and also ensure the survival of your family because it's uh... There, there's like an uh... An, an, an usurper, sorry i'm missing the word i guess in french or an uh, you know, usurper, no that's right, yeah. you were yeah, right <laughs> exactly there's this kind of guy who's coming out over and he just basically wants to you know like r- get rid of the whole family so you have to survive and you start off And it fits well with the strategy jar because you start off where you lost, like, control of the castle, you lost control of everything, and the main goal is to reclaim the control of the castle and reclaim control of your land. So you start off, like, in a recluse area, and slowly but surely you start, like, building a resistance, and you start gaining sectors, gaining back power and all that. And so a lot of this will go, uh, will have, you know, like, will get achieved through uh, the, you know, like, various like resource management aspect uh you know like uh, territory acquisition aspects uh a lot of rpg elements are thrown in as well which is very interesting uh because uh, like usually like strategy games will have like anonymous armies that you just like send like a 100 units uh and then you 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 send them fight us it's characters that you level up they have like backstories um, they, 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 they have stories attached to themselves, they, they level up, they, they get new skills, they get like attribute points uh, so there's a big, they, they, you, you equip weapons with them, items, so there's a big RPG element attached to it and depending how you play it and this is, I, in my opinion, it's really like one of the most interesting part, is that depending on how you play it uh, there's a lot of um, roguelike elements attached to it as well because if your characters die, it's permadeath so like you level up it's kind of like an RPG but if they die it's just like they're gone like your your people that, that joins you are gone so you can recruit other characters on the way but they're gonna start like level one you're gonna have to level them up again like boost the stats and all that so um, there's this aspect as well uh, which is very interesting and where in traditional RPG you never really like except like Fire Emblem if I could say like the other ones you really like you don't really lose your, your characters don't really die you just reload in that sense so we come from the school of XCOM. People yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Um, so uh, real quick, because I'm into crazy lore. Um,
1: why are these islands floating? What is going uh, on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one uh, one of the aspect where we talk about it a little bit, but it's one of those question I guess which is better left unanswered. Okay. So, so there's just they're just floating you have to deal with it <laughs> it's part of the lore where you start where uh, you see from early on that the people from this world it's kind of like a mysterious gas that gathers you know like under the earth and then after a while the the earth like those chunks of earth starts rising but very very slowly uh, it's a slow process but then human you know, like, mankind, while evolving and seeing this pattern, like, they slowly start getting up, started building the castles and the cities uh, in them, because they saw the potential it gave, like, you know, like, of kind of superiority compared to, like, other places, and so slowly but surely, without really knowing like, the, the, the reasons behind it, they started building cities on top of those floating islands that slowly started to reaching higher and higher, like, with each passing years, and so uh, people don't know where it comes from it's not explained it's not like scientific but they really developed like a whole technology around that
0: nice so i guess important question how did they get stuff onto the floating islands
1: mostly it's with the uh, flying ships okay uh, uh, that's are also. yeah that are air propelled uh <laughs> kind of like um Uh, Kites a little bit with motors that like just like send air like really quick to like kind of like a boat I guess but floating Uh, We have unfortunately like our initial plan like we have a couple in the game where like a lot of action happens and all that We wanted to include those flying ships more like as a mechanic uh, In the, the strategic aspect in the game Unfortunately, we couldn't really like use this mechanic as much as we wanted uh, due to, you know, like, budget constraints. So, you know, this is... Uh, but, you know, we, we have to do the most with, you know, like, what we have. So, yeah.
0: So, why uh, <clears throat> this usurper god that's come and uh, attacked the kingdom? Um, what? Why? why? Why do we have... Why are we fighting robots? Is that part of the story that we, we can't talk about because we'll find it out in the game, or... Exactly. Okay.
1: This, I can't really tell you too much right. without gotcha. spoiling the story, unfortunately. Because, uh, yeah, the, the plot, I mean, the game itself is kind of more like an RPG in the sense that it's it's story-driven. Like, uh, there's character development. And this in itself, uh, from the start, like, you really start wondering, like, why? Like, why is there, like, those mechanical robots that are coming? Like, who who's actually sending them? Uh, and, like, the, 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 the rival family they're more like mercenaries like kind of like raiders so obviously like from the beginning you realize that the, all those mechanical enemies are not because of these guys like they come from actually somewhere else but like how what, what's the link like how how do you find out and that's kind of part of the mystery and the plot that surrounds the game fortunately i can't tell you more than that without spoiling it gotcha all
0: right that's cool that's cool, that's cool. so uh Let's talk about, like, the actual combat and kind of the mechanics of the game. Uh, what, h- How does all that kind of work? You mentioned that it's turn-based strategy, but I guess paint us a, a word picture of what you're doing uh, in the game. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, so turn-based strategy. Uh, it,
1: Like I said earlier, we really went with, like, a different set of core mechanics than, you know, like, what you would usually find. Um... So, the combat... Well, there's two things really core to, to consider. Sorry. Uh, f- first uh, of them is that... Um, well, how it works at first is that you have, like, a bunch of sectors. So, you could... Like, a quick analogy that's, that's easy to, like, figure out is you picture a game of Risk, you know, like the, the board game Risk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Yeah. So, you got, like, a, 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 each map is more or less like a game of risk, in a sense. Uh, Instead of having countries that you conquer, it's sectors that you have divided in the map. Like for example, there's one of the part, it's like uh, one of the floating cities, it's all divided in sectors that you could imagine like countries in risk. So the basic goal of each level, uh, each map, is to just gain back those sectors one at a time or even two at a time, three at a time, depending on how you advance in the map. And each sector is like, so there's going to be enemies on the sector, so you have to fight those enemies to gain control of the sectors. Uh, and each sector will give you basic resources. Uh, so we have like, we, we went with fewer resources in the game, but having depth in the resources mechanics themselves. So you have three resources, you have food. Uh, the food will determine like how how you can feed your army. Uh, it's also uh, w- uh, the, the resources that's going to be used to heal your troops. Uh, you have um, scraps. Which we actually have a crafting system in the game where you don't just loot your items, but you actually uh, there's a class which there uh, a class which is the mechanics in the game, and these guys actually take scraps to craft like guns, to craft swords, uh, to craft like little handmade grenades, stuff like that. And there's another resource uh, which is leadership, uh, and that leadership is used to make like special skills, to recruit new characters, uh, to aid you in your journey. Uh, and other various tasks uh, like this so basically all those sectors have either one of those three resources and it's how you decide to get okay that sector I need more food now so I'm gonna get that sector over there Uh, and then uh, so you kind of lay out a little bit your grand strategy to take back your land start building up resources again to be stronger and advance in the map now a big difference compared to other games of the same genre is that we actually we made a conscious decision to step away from the combat system uh, a lot. So, for example, our combat uh, is very quick, very fast-paced, and happens very fast. And it's not, I guess, more like those games like XCOM, or even like a Fire Emblem, or tactical game where you really have each unit that you advance, for example, two or three squares, then you have three AP, you shoot like a fireball, and then you have this left. Uh, we have none of that. Like this makes it... Like, it's a really cool experience. I love those type of games. But the combat aspect, the tactical combat aspect of those games is really long. It can take, like, half an hour just to make, like, one combat. Us, it takes, like, a minute, something like that. It's really more about, like, the odds of fighting, what you're going to do as a whole in the combat. But it it, it, um, it resolves very very quickly. But what that does is that it opens up, instead, much more the focus on the strategy on the map. Like, the war itself... Is really what the actions that you're going to do on the map in order to get that sector or like uh, make sure like that the enemy is going to try to attack you. You can fortify another sector which is more vulnerable in order to have fortifications so that they're going to like try to tear down the fortifications first. Doing this enables you to take your combatants, send them somewhere else without losing that sector and then if your fortifications tears down too much... Uh, for example you can do like bombardment with like cannons which doesn't initiate a combat but bombardment gives support fire so that the enemies won't be able to like knock you over Uh, so all these strategic actions that we call in the game will not initiate combat but will make it so that you're going to tear apart the enemy a little you're going to prevent them from attacking uh, you're going to be able to do this and that but this is like outside of combat this is more like grand strategy this is more like aim Actually, it's simple. Like, our game is really aimed toward, like, the decision-making, the critical thinking in the map, rather than the the operational aspect, the tactical aspect of the fight itself. So
0: okay, would you say so-
2: that the, the turn-based stuff is more closely kind of similar to almost like a civilization, where you're you're very much working the map and setting things up for combat, but combat kind of resolves itself based on just kind of the choices that you made at that
1: point? exactly yes yes now obviously uh it's much more simple <laughs> all those games yeah, like of civ course. and all <laughs> that but 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 yeah in in that sense yeah it it's really it's a good comparison but the main difference that we did is that those other games like civ they went, like, the other way, like, it, it's really, like, the the whole city building aspect, the whole micromanagement, like, resource management is really, like, it takes a long time. You really have to get into it to make a whole turn. Like, us, it's much more quick pace. Like, you have fewer actions that you can do in the map with the resources and all what you want to do, uh, but it's in how you use them and the choices that you make that will that will determine... If you're doing like a good you know like a good strategy or not and this you will know very quickly and it's really hard like it's not gonna take you by the hand those choices if you make bad choices you're gonna get pushed by the enemy you're gonna lose terrain and it's gonna be really hard so yeah it's more like a quick pace I guess a quick pace uh, style of uh, strategy
0: okay yeah you mentioned or in in the kind of like features of the game on, on the steam page it talks about Resource managed, um, like decision making. So, is that what you're kind of talking about? There is it kind of the the overall, not not decision making, like in a, an RPG where you choose to do the good thing or the bad thing or whatever, but kind of choosing how to work your resources, whether or not to cut off the the enemy's supply over here or attack over there, or you know, figure out how to spread your forces out. Exactly, so, exactly, okay. and
1: and and that part is very important because this is kind of like a core aspect. When we're talking, you know, like basic fundamental rules, like core, core, core mechanics, that's one of the biggest mechanics. That That's what inspired us really in the first place is exactly this. It's like decision-making. So uh, I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, games like Civilization or Traditional 4X, I mean, th- I, I love them. They're really cool. But a lot of it will be in micromanaging all of your empire. So you know you have to mi- manage that city and that city and this and this. And, and so... You have a couple of core decisions to make, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, like micro and, and, and just managing your empire. Us, we have a, a lot less managing, mm. but those aspects where you have to make decisions in the management system are core. Like, you really always have to make, like, the, re- the right decisions. If you don't make them, you're not going to die, but you're going to have, like, really, like, it's going to be harder. It's going to be a setback. So you have to really, really make those decisions. And so we make a system where you have to make those decisions Really quickly and in a fundamental way. Yeah. It always comes down to that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Very cool. Very
2: cool. So you mentioned that there's a, there's a number of classes that are involved. Um, and they all kind of seem to, to, to deal and specialize with different things. Um, are they all also kind of, you know, like say one sector comes under attack. Um, are the classes that are there getting involved or is it simply left to, like, the fortifications that the mechanics built, or whether or not there are actual combatants there? Like, you know, or do the ac- do the academics throw books, if they have
1: to? <laughs> yeah, yeah they, well, actually, they could. They have, like, uh, they have a couple of points in, uh, in combat, but, uh, yeah, they'll throw books that's not gonna hurt a lot, you know, like, the big knight in, like, full plate armor, so uh, they can fight, it is not, however, really recommended to send them just like full on. So, um, so no, yet, no
2: armies of uh, no armies of academics. That's not where you want to go with this.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you can do that, you, and you might end up losing a couple of them, like ex- in in face of just one big guy. So, but but then again, you send your combatants maybe like if you need like you just need a little more push you're gonna send maybe like an one academic to like kind of more like support if i could say oh you you're missing a couple of combat points you're gonna send an academic and a mechanic in the bunch just to like give you a little edge a little bit more but the classes in themselves like for example the mechanics are going to be much better after the fight these are the people responsible for like healing your characters that are wounded so you you keep them for example while the the, the the best workflow if I could say the best flow of the game is when your combatants are fighting in one sector and the guys that are wounded because of a previous fight that same turn your academics are healing those guys so that the next turn they can start fighting right away and the academics are gonna go somewhere else maybe heal some uh, some other characters or maybe do uh, a, another um, another task for example they have like the overseer skill uh, which for example oversees everything in a sector so the sector is going to fortify more quickly and it's going to organize itself uh, more efficiently but that costs resources it costs the scrap resources so it's always like it's really this is actually one of the point when I was saying earlier that our, our game mechanics are different than a lot of other game mechanics are there is that our class system it's not the traditional you know like okay paladin warrior rogue uh mage kind of thing which they, they all go into combat but they have, this one has spell the other one backstabs us we grouped all of that in one category it's the combatants the, the, these guys they're the bulk they're the brutes they, they just they fight the other three classes will do something completely different in the mechanic of the game so like you mentioned fortifications earlier well that's the mechanics that's what they do these guys, they will focus on like building up fortifications on your sector so that you're not going to get invaded. Uh, when they have a couple of spare time, they go in the workshop and they craft new items that you can give to your combatants uh, so that they're going to be more effective. Uh, the academic, like we were talking, he's going to heal. He's going to do various tasks that are going to optimize the, 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 the gameplay, the game experience. And our fourth uh, class is the leader class. Well, the leaders... Uh, are gonna. These are the ones that are gonna go in taverns and they're gonna recruit other people for you. Uh, these are the people that when you control, when you get a new sector, the people in the sector, like the citizens, if I could say, they're in disarray because it's a war situation. They don't know what to do. So it's not just you had you, you, you get there and you got like three food generated because the people are like, hey, how's it going? Uh, the people are in disarray. So the leaders actually have the organized skill which you put them in a sector and then they start to orga- slowly organize that sector so that people start to feel safe again they feel oriented again and then after a couple of turns they're going to start generating resources but so that's interesting because then you get those sectors you get you advance in your territory but you have to organize your territory so that you start to be fully functional and if the enemy attacks you and you lose some some terrain well if you get it back it's the same thing they're not going to be able those those sectors are not going to be organized you're going to have to again organize those sectors with your leaders so the leaders are really good in that sense of like making your whole you know like your whole um not area but making your your whole um your whole country up on its feet again if i could say so these are really like the four classes and the four core mechanics related to them
2: how much of a deep dive do you take on the individual heroes like, you said that they all have kind of a backstory. How how, how deep do you go? Uh,
1: we go deep. Uh, we don't go that deep, unfortunately. Uh, we have a lot of ideas to, like, really, like, give, like, special behaviors, uh, especially, like, to special characters, like, the main protagonist. Obviously, they have stories for themselves. So, like, there's character development. They, uh, you know, like... They really start to understand much more. Like it's a war situation where it's it, like it's a lush, like visual, like really like uh, with bright colors, but it's a very dark theme and it's it's very mature. So like there, there's a, there, there, there's death, you know. There's there's the perspective of just like eradication. So it's a it's a very mature theme. So they there's character development in the sense that they they, they forge they, they forge their um, uh their personality through war uh but all of this however um it's um how can i say we we kind of had the plan to like give more of a behavior depending on what happens in the game and like the story will really be different depending on what choice you make unfortunately we didn't have the time too much to um to push this as much as we wanted we still have something very solid which is really cool so this takes form in place of random events that we call so like for example you take a sector and like something is going to happen in that sector for example a little girl is going to come and she's like oh my father died in the war like what should i do and then you have like a couple of uh, of, of choices that you make which are going to influence the game uh, for example you can decide to give her food so you're going to lose some of your precious food resource to give it to her so that she doesn't starve so you lose your For example, you lose that food, but you gain leadership because people are like, oh, you know, like they're helping us like survive. These are great guys. So in terms of strategy, like the choices that you make with the random events are really cool and they really help like shape the game, like depending on what happens with you. However, the story in itself is more linear. It would have been nice to kind of have more a, 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 um, a game, maybe more a la Baldur's Gate, if I could say, or something like that, where really like... You make some really hard choices, and and they completely change the arc of the story for a little while. Uh, but uh, we we couldn't really go that way because in terms of production, uh, it's a really really huge uh, a chunk that you have to focus on the production for that. So uh, I
2: imagine that kind of thing takes money.
1: Yeah, well, it's just that, like pillars of eternity time, stuff like that. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. So instead, like in closure, I guess, instead of trying to do it just like, you know, like halfway and try to do it, but then not really doing it really well, we, we said, no, okay, look, we have like few resources, we're going to do it, but like in a way more that affects the gameplay right away and the decisions that you make, and that way we can do this properly. And I think it was the right decision to do that.
0: Sure. I don't know how many games. Uh, I, I guess that's you know that's one of the things with a lot of kickstarters. It feels like they they start to get bigger and bigger, um, and then you know you're you're waiting three years after you back the game, <laughs> waiting for the game to come out. Oh, so God, I, I I definitely applaud the the decision to you know realize what you can and can't do realistically and and make uh make what you can the the best that you can. <laughs> yeah. True that. True
1: that. Like so. This is so true. And I mean. We actually did a Kickstarter ourselves uh, and it was very important for us because what you're saying, I mean, I saw that so many times in Kickstarter campaigns and we studied a lot of campaigns because we did it, We did one ourselves. Uh, but it's so true. I mean, it's so easy and especially for like a couple, I mean, some of them, like for example, like they have like a really great idea, but they shoot a bunch of stuff like we're going to do this and that and it's going to be awesome and blah, blah, blah. A- and then it works. I mean, people like hop in the hype train and they like it. And then it's it's great and yeah okay you got like maybe like what like two hundred thousand dollars maybe even like half a million but then what do you do with this i mean the game's not done i mean you you have to actually do those things now and if you don't have the organization and you weren't expecting that you're gonna find out that it actually takes a million dollar to do that maybe even two million like what are you doing you know like you can't just be like well it was really great but in retrospect we're not gonna do any of that because well we just don't really feel like it you know like people are gonna get mad at you and for a very good reason so we we really decided to like be more conservative be realistic about it like not not like over promise and under deliver but like like under promise and over deliver and, sure. and so absolutely. we set up the,
2: the scotty way yeah sir it's going to take me six hours to do this it's done in the next 15 minutes you look like a rock star
1: that's
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah so so yeah we did that so what it is is that, like, we, we maybe we didn't have like a, a, as big a campaign as we could have done. However, I mean, we did exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, people got the we shipped the game. Uh, of course, it came out, I'd say, uh, two months after like our ETA, but that's actually that that's wonderful in the Kickstarter world. I mean, like you mentioned <laughs> earlier, some of them it's like two years after and it's still in beta. So, uh, We were really close to our uh, shipping estimate, which is really great. The people loved it. Uh, It felt like a finished product. Uh, They said they would back again. They were really happy. So for us, it it was a super good win, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm. Was was there anything in particular in doing the Kickstarter that uh, you felt like you learned from it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, so much. So much. Uh, First it's true what they say like physical rewards oh my god just be careful (laughs) if you want to send physical rewards it's just so easy to be like yeah man we're gonna do miniatures of this and like you pay a hundred dollars and we send a miniature and then you're like yeah well it only costs twenty dollars with the manufacturer so you know we make this much profit but then there's the, the shipping the this and that and then you don't have the money right away and you end up like you know like budgets like the money goes and then you're like well we're gonna send them later but then you're still stuck with them so like we studied this and we saw a lot of like horror stories and we're like, okay, we're going to be very careful with this because this is one of the things where it can really, really backfire. And so we had very few physical rewards, but even so we had a hard time, like just like the shipping and like all the handling. It's really, uh, just be very careful with that. I'd say, uh, another thing is, um, well, there's, there's, there's like, man, <laughs> there's so many stuff, I guess. Um, but also like to be uh more active and really focused on the campaign itself uh at first when we launched the campaign we're like oh you know like we really like we worked hard to like build a campaign but we're like once the campaign hits you know like we can go back and prod production and just watch a kickstarter campaign and be happy with the funds that we're raising no man when the thing started it was a whole month during the month of the kickstarter it was a whole month doing just that doing nothing else so we planned for like a whole month of production in the meantime that we still, you know, like pumping up the game and all that. We did nothing of that because because Kickstarter took all of our resources. So we didn't expect that at first. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things. Like I would start another Kickstarter, a second one. Now I know what to expect, you know, like a couple of things like that. Sure,
0: sure. Nice. Um, um okay. yeah. Good.
2: No, no, yeah, you yeah. Keep going. You got Kickstarter I, stuff.
0: Well, I was just going to ask, are you doing any um, physical rewards or, um, you know, what's that been like, kind of getting uh, the rewards out there to people?
1: Yeah, well, we did two kinds of rewards. Um, We, uh, well, actually three kinds of physical rewards. One of them was a, a, a postcard, like, of the whole team with the signature, like, and a message in the back, you know, like a big thank you. So that was a part of a reward for, like, kind of like a deluxe package. Uh, we sent all the postcards to the people and, uh, like, everybody was super happy. Uh, a second one that we had was a poster uh, for a higher tier uh, that we sent as a reward. This one, I'll be honest with you, uh, took much more time. Uh, it's, uh, it's just a poster because you have to wrap it up and, like, a, if you don't want it to be scrapped, you have to wrap it up in kind of like a, like a silo a little bit. This takes space and all that. So the poster actually... Uh, has given us you know like kind of a uh, you know because the thing is I guess one of the thing we learn with the physical rewards is that let's say the poster for example like you're thinking in terms of uh, you know like the manufacturer like you're thinking okay I'm shooting that reward If, if there's like 400 people that take that reward 400 posters it's like a bulk price yeah okay it's not gonna be too expensive but what actually happened is that not that many people took the poster like I'd say maybe like 60 people took the posters and so with that it's not enough for us to have like a bulk price but we still have to shoot the rewards so it's always like you have to be careful when you you choose those, those type of rewards because it, sure if like if there's a bunch of people and, and you plan properly like your pricing and there's a bunch of people you can have like a bulk pricing and this is okay but a lot of time and especially in our situation what we saw is that There's not that many people that actually end up taking that physical reward so you have to do all the steps in order to ship that physical reward but you don't have the bulk pricing which is really fun you know Uh, another one which actually in retrospect i'm very happy that not that many people took it is that we had like a a very high reward which is actually a handmade painting by one of our artists uh, because our visual art was like a very important aspect of our game and only one person ended up taking that reward. Because it's, you know, it was a seven hundred dollar reward and it, there was like a bunch of goodies, but it's it's a big, huge painting that we do for you, you know, of the game. Um and and that person was, you know, like a person in Canada, so you know, it was easier to, to take care of. But it kind of, you know, like what would have been kind of a hassle a bit is that, you know, like you got only three person that take that painting and one of them lives in the in, i don't know in russia the other in uh in the in france and the other in, in i don't know like north korea you know and you're like oh suddenly
2: you're <laughs> spending the the 700 that it takes to get it on shipping it to them
1: yeah yeah you actually it costs you money exactly so uh yeah so that that's really the main it's really hard to plan for those physical rewards like you really have to be really careful yeah like,
2: speaking of the art the style like screams almost like 80s disney just like in the look and the the like crafting of the people um was this just like one person's like this is what i want to do or how did you guys come to that
1: yeah uh so it, it again it, it kind of was like a like a, a, a group decisions like the whole you know like the whole team were like yeah it'd be nice doing that but we have a very we like as you say like we have like a very strong, uh, visual signature uh, kind of really cartoony like Disney esque a little bit you know uh, uh, like which super gorgeous and high quality
2: I mean you can tell that there's a lot that went into that even just like uh, just looking through the pictures on the uh, the Kickstarter some of the close-ups where you kind of get to choose like dialogue options or just get a real good look at the uh, the areas it's just it's so detailed
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So from the start, it was really one of our core values to make, like, really, like, make a beautiful experience, uh, something truly unique. And I think we achieved that really well. Um, so, our art department for most of the production of the game was actually rather big. Uh, we had, uh, at, at that point, we had like four uh, artists uh, that were working on the game. And for example, we had only one programmer, which in a lot of you know like sometimes it's gonna i like that kind of ratio will not will not work uh <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah our guy like um, my friend you're know, like alexander the co-founder who's a programmer i mean he's a he's a wizard the guy is just amazing with coding it's incredible but, the, but at the same time it was an incredible amount of pressure i mean hands up to him i don't know how he did it like it's just it, w- it was it was amazing um but so, yeah, but that, that that made so that visually, like, uh, we had really something really special. And the other thing to consider with this is that the art department, it was actually uh, people from the same school, uh, the, the same uh, college that they went. Uh, they all were graduate of that college. So they all had that same background that they shared. Uh, and it's really a, a background more in traditional animation. So you kind of see a bit there, like, the, the, the Disney-esque, a little bit feel. Uh, so uh, it kind of came naturally for them to be like, hey, you know, like we could do this this lush and world, environment, universe that, that kind of feels a little bit like that. And all of them were really in tune from the start. So uh, they kind of pitched an idea like we could do it like this. It's going to be super like like interesting visually. And here's what it's going to look like and all that. We looked at this and we're like, my God, like it's gorgeous. it's It's beautiful. So let's go with it. And so we really pushed the envelope in terms of that that overall feel. That me for me, I think it's really nice because you don't really see that often in strategy game, where a lot of time like the aspect is really focused on the gameplay itself. So it mostly so
2: many, or it's just so much numbers that yeah. I mean, you know, the visuals themselves are almost just like uh, they could be anything.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and. And it's, it's really a, a catch-22 as well, because what we wanted to avoid more than everything is just make some kind of big pizza where it's like, oh, super beautiful and all that, but it doesn't... In, in terms of game design, you cannot navigate. The UX, UI is, is awful. It's just overcrowded with, like, beautiful sparkly stuff. So we had to make, like, a very, a very aesthetic design but that's really light that's really like just like like that's floating that's really like um serene if i could say and that in itself was a big challenge to make a visual game but that's true to the strategic jar that that's really not that's not cumbersome for the actual gameplay
0: Mhm Awesome
2: you guys succeeded because that is that just looks great like it <laughs> it, it, it will stop it, it will stop somebody especially if it comes up like you know say they're queuing through steam or whatever just looking at whatever's in there that's something that will stop them in their tracks to go hold on a second what is this game
1: thanks thanks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that kind of where our emoto a little bit at the beginning like you know like hook them up with uh, you know like with the nice the nice first is free yeah, exactly. Right. And then they get hooked, and then they 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 stay because of the gameplay. <laughs>
2: yep, yeah. you've learned well from Tim Hortons. Good job. <laughs> this is
0: <laughs> well, Brian. Do you have any any more questions about the game?
2: No, no. If we're if you're if you're done, we can go uh, right to the end game. Let's do it. Okay. Well, we would like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire, um, Focus more uh, you know just on you and kind of your. Um, your personal gaming habits and the like, and what you think of the 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 gaming as it is. Um, but we'll jump right into it rather than explain it because it's only going to get more convoluted the more I talk about it. Um, <laughs> <All right>. So, <laughs> question number one: um, Who is your favorite video game protagonist? Well, such a. I mean, start with the lofty question right off the right off the top. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and is just such a a hard question to uh i mean this it's so big you know it's um okay uh let me say favorite favorite uh do i have kind of like a a top five i guess or can i shoot a couple of names you can, if
2: sh- you want yeah if you want to have like you know say hey these three are the first ones that come to mind that's fine
1: because there's definitely i'd say a uh, cloud from final F- final fantasy 7 uh-huh yeah uh final fantasy 7 yeah that guy well, him and well, I mean, Sephiroth was more the antagonist, but those two guys, I think, especially in terms of like RPG, like storytelling, I just it blew my mind. Uh, so that would come to mind. Um, let's see. Uh, other than that, um, Whoa, man, it's just so many games. I'm I'm having a I'm having a hard time there. Okay, so I went I went with this guy. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm drawing a blank, I think, you know what, I think I'll stick with, uh, yeah, I think I'll stick with Cloud. Okay, yeah. all right, we'll Which... flip in the coins then. The, I, the I, next I, question
2: I, is, who's your favorite bad guy?
1: Okay, Poor now girl. I can't say Sifra because that's just like, <laughs> that You're work. milking it too much. Oh no, <laughs> I know, favorite bad guy, I know, and it's more back in the days I used to play more RPGs. I don't know if you've played uh, Final Fantasy III. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, Kefka. Absolutely, uh, Yes. That was yeah. my choice.
2: 100%. This guy,
1: we're just, on the level here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy. I know I'm making a lot of Final Fantasy references, and but you're this doing a good guy. job. That's like <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, Kafka, Kafka. was was the best, in my opinion, by far. Oh yeah, that guy kills it, literally. Yeah. Uh, next question. Um, because that was such a fantastic answer. Um, what uh, what current kind of uh, like trend in video gaming today? Do you, would you like to see um, kind of continue to grow and, and become more successful? Like, is there something that's maybe small in the industry that you'd like to see just keep going?
1: Good question. Good question. I I do have an answer for that. Um. Uh, okay. The, the 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 overall genre that I would really love to see more uh, I'll give you actually an example of a game I don't know if you've played Fallout but the first one the, the first and the second Fallout like the old yes. one isometric okay so a big 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 aspect of the game really resolved around like the choices that you made like how you, but I was just astounded by the the answers that you would give to a guy would really change like how the whole town you were in would behave towards you and, and, and your quest, and how you would evolve with that, and it really felt like a, like a whole world where each of your decisions really impacted the game. And there's a bunch of games where, like, yeah, sure, um, you have like uh, a bunch of decisions that you're gonna make, but in the end, they're all gonna they're all gonna send you at the same uh the 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 same outcome you know like it's just different sentences different phrases that you're going to say but you're going to end up doing the same thing fallout one and two in my opinion just had such a deep impact in that sense and so a game and i mean i haven't really played like games like pillars of eternity but even like the old but from what i'm saying is that they kind of they tried it but they, they they couldn't really like from what i saw they couldn't really like i kind of i don't know like lack this 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 vibe And so a game like really completely focused like not just on like combat tactical aspect but really focused on a world where like each of your decisions that you make will really really shape how you become in that world. And if you're a leader of like a gang member or then you get hired in a company and then you interact with that same gang member before but that could have been you and then what you do, do you kill him or not and then... If you kill him, there was actually his ex-wife that's super mad at you and that's coming <laughs> back to hunt you. But then if you never killed him, she never; she's not even there, you know? like yep. that, Never to see her. Yeah, and, and this is really, really, I mean, this requires, like, a huge world where everything fits in place. I know it must be, like, really hard to pull, but I would love to see more of that, yeah. Okay.
0: Nice. See. I like that.
2: I like that um question number four um flips the coin again is there something that you'd like to see kind of go away completely uh a trend or or, or something along a trend or trope along those lines where it's just like you know what it this doesn't need to happen anymore
1: <laughs> yeah well i'm i'm a i guess i'm of the I'm of the opinion that you know there's a market for everything, so if people like that game if if really game like a game jar would be really bad, people wouldn't buy it, so then but I'm, I'm guessing it's just like most people think that way. And and it's a great thing. If we're talking about personal, just personal preferences, then uh, I would say, um, well, again, it's kind of hard to say, but I don't know. Uh, I, me, for example, me, I'm really not like an FPS, like first-person shooter. I'm really not that kind of guy. However, I mean, I've played some really good, like, first-person shooter. It's just one, maybe a little grudge I would have is that, like, a lot of the big games and the market is really aimed toward first-person shooter and this is what drives the the industry nuts so that would be a bit a a thing that annoys me a little bit because it's like hey, you know there's also other types of games, you know that that are existing, you know Uh, so yeah, I would say that maybe FPS games takes too much too much space and every time you're like well you know like it's call of duty number 28 like maybe people people are going to get tired but no man like people just they, 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 they consume it so much <laughs> but but it, these are good <laughs> games at the same time i can understand why a lot of people like these games and are going to play it and obviously if there's a demand well you know
2: then yeah. if there's, there's a gonna... demand
1: that market will fill it yeah Hopefully. Yep. totally
2: um question number five takes a little bit of a takes a little bit of a turn um you're you're making a game uh, or made a game and that's super fantastic and as a game designer you're probably getting ready to make your next one um, but is there any like fantasy profession that if you had the chance no restrictions to try that you'd love to just jump into whole hog
1: as, just as a career you're talking
2: a career or just you know like I want to be a fireman and that's that. you know like you'd go out and be a fireman like is there something you crazy
1: yeah aha okay well actually how about this I, I would have loved to be like a professional gamer like a professional player like an mm-hmm. esport gamer i'm a big I'm a, well not anymore because i'm trying to get a life <laughs> but i used to be like a, a, a big moba player like dota uh, and even now like heroes of the storm like i play you know like casually but there was a time mm-hmm. where i played a lot of league of legend and dota and obviously i wasn't nowhere near as good as a, as a professional player, but it, 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 it was a dream that I was like, you know, like, it would just be great, and just, screw that. No life, I don't care, I'm going to South Korea, I'm a star over there, and that's that.
2: <laughs> You're rock star, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, I really enjoy Heroes of the Storm. Um, I never got uh, very far into Dota or, like, League, um, and it was really just because of the time commitment for it. you know for those for those games like you know you get a good game going and suddenly you're you're 90 minutes in and that's that's kind of where you're at and then you lose and you're like oh, okay i've got nothing to to show for those 90 minutes yeah um but i I like the the kind of quicker pace of heroes where you know 10 15 minutes you kind of know what you're doing if your team is working together you're 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 wrapping it up
1: yeah 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 absolutely and you get right away in the game like you, you can start playing right away there's not like League of Legends, there's like hundreds of items. You have to know like all the bills, what to do, what not to do. And yep, that's uh, that, that's days and months of like commitment. So yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty, pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. I, I like.
2: I I really admire Blizzard and their way of kind of taking a simple concept and 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 simplifying it, but also making it making it their own. Oh me and, too. I mean, obviously, like Dota started. Started with the Warcraft three mob and and it kind of grew from grew out of there. Uh, but for them to kind of take it and kind of bring it back to almost like a a more basic introductory level and then expand on it, I thought was a real kind of uh, cool move on
1: their part. You know, you know what? I completely agree. That's that's a great point. And I I as a game designer, I think Blizzard is doing such an amazing job. I mean, even I mean we're talking about Heroes of the Storm, and I really really like that game. But like, take for example Hearthstone, where they did the same thing, you know. Like, there's a bunch of like really complicated like trading card games and uh, and uh, CCGs, mm. and they did and they did such a wonderful like instinctive experience, and and I loved it, and, I, and I'm a yep. pretty hardcore like trading card game like ccg player and i played this and i was like wow man did it, like the way you enter into that world they, they did a fantastic job
2: yeah totally and it's really easy to understand but it's like you know what's if you if you have the the drive to dive deep into it there's a lot there to pick up absolutely yeah, yeah. totally that's that great answer man i love this all right next question <laughs> um this one's always gotten, it always gets a bit weird, and that's because I, I take way too long explaining it. So uh, <laughs> take the time. I'll, yeah, I'll just kind of jump, jump to the the question itself. Um, if you had the chance um, to play any game tonight, and
1: what would you play? Okay, fine. Just now, like just like do it. Just that you did, yeah, game. you could play it to completion
2: tonight. And that night will last as long as you need it to. It's a magical night, a mystical night um but any game if you could go back and play that game not even go back, but just bring it forward just so you know you're seeing it with those eyes with those fresh eyes huh if you could play any any game for the first time tonight yeah let's try this let's try this route yeah 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 let's
1: play a, again it's pretty interesting question, yeah, um. You know what? I would say, and especially for the, like, kind of, like, in this, the way that you're describing it, just, like, the whole, like, a, a, an endless night. Just, like, you play, just yep, do that game. Uh, I would say Civilization. Yeah. Civilization, because just for the sheer magnitude, I, I just, I respect so much the fact that you start in, like, the beginning of mankind, and you end up, like, nuking people on another continent <laughs> did mean. everything in between it's just a it's same for in <laughs> but all this well, you know like with the the UN and all that they're, they're okay with that most of the time or not it, it, depends. it depends well I mean
2: Gandhi's got nukes so you can argue with them you know it's, it
1: happens yeah but I mean these games and especially me I'm more like of a marathon player like I like these long games where I really take my time and I don't really like those quick plays in Civilization so like and and you know that that whole like one more turn thingy where I ended up like you know like doing sleepless night just like playing and the next morning I'm like oh damn it like I have to go to work and it's like seven in the morning like what what the hell and and just be able to start a game from the beginning and do a marathon and play it all the way up to the end and one playthrough that and for the first time just like the first experience man yeah that that that'd be amazing.
2: Good answer. I like it. I like it. Um, Final question. Um, At the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and (laughs) Toad is waiting for us with the book of our deeds, um, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in?
1: Uh, Do you want to know if you have another life? Yeah. Valid question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man.
2: Is there a one-up waiting for
1: you? Is there a one-up? Is, is there? Really? Because I thought there was only one. Are you telling me there's a second one? I love <laughs> you, man. And then he's, like, trolling me. He's like, no, man, there was only one. I'm like, ah!
2: <laughs> what you said! Oh, now, oh you get his turn-ups from now on. Sorry, man. <laughs> Took the mushroom challenge. You failed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. You've been great. I have nothing to
1: offer you in in, uh, in rewards. Uh, for well, facing well, uh, that question there, oh, oh, oh. however, it it's been fantastic. Yeah, it was a great. It was a. I had a great time. Seriously, well, that that was that was it in itself. Man, I had a blast. Seriously, you guys are awesome. So like, it was really cool.
0: Jonathan, well, thank, you. thank you. Falls to you to take us home. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jonathan, for for being on the show with you uh, with us. We had a great time with you. Um, if you could just send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about Highlands.
1: Absolutely so uh well it's you know burrito studio.com so that's our website so there's going to be like a, a news about highlands and also our other project that we don't have a name yet but what that we're developing which is going to be absolutely awesome it's probably going to be a new kickstarter soon so like stick around make sure you know like you check out the website uh so burrito um and uh, also the same thing you can check us out on facebook so burrito studio twitter as well burrito studio and if you want to go straight well we're on steam so highlands you can check out highlands on steam and on humble in the humble store uh and if you want to go straight from the website it's highlandsvideogame.com uh but uh either of two uh you're gonna end up seeing us so uh yes and we're, we're you know like we're we're developing all the time with these crazy ideas you know like this really good gameplay that we're trying to do so like just check us out
0: awesome well, thank you once again, and uh, you know, good luck as you kind of you know, begin development on your next game, and hopefully we'll we'll be back around to talk to you about that. Absolutely, it'd be I'd be honored. All right, well, have a good night. You
1: too. Thanks a lot, guys.